Welcome back to another episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. So glad you're joining us today. Today I'm joined by Riley Decker to be discussing gym nemesis's nemesis, whatever the plural of gym nemesis is. We're also discussing gym bays, what makes a workout spicy, and so much more. You're going to love this episode and get a good laugh. I know I surely uh, cracked up a few times while I was editing this podcast for you all. Before we get to this podcast, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Riley, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So for the people who aren't familiar with your TikTok, your Instagram, and your backstory, could you share a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how you got into health and fitness? Of course. I am currently a psychology major at Colgate University. I have been into health and fitness now for a little over two years. Uh, I definitely started at the beginning of the pandemic with my my little dumbbells uh, on my porch, just doing my thing. And now I've started competing in powerlifting and it's something I'm really, really passionate about. Uh, I would love to make something of my career in health and fitness. I really dream of having my own startup for a women's fitness apparel brand. So check back in in a couple of years. We'll see where I'm at with that. Um, and right now I'm just using my socials to engage more people in something that I really, really care about. And I look forward to growing that audience. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you've kind of had an amazing start there. It, it seems like a lot of people got started during the pandemic, which that's a great time to focus on improving yourself and getting yourself healthy. And I like how it's evolved now into something that's competitive, right? I like to say competition brings out the best in people. And I like that you've kind of looped that in with your own personal mission. You said that you really want to engage in women's health and fitness, especially, uh, and you're studying psychology, which as we know, there's been a lot of mental challenges for people over the recent history, I'll say. Definitely. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that, uh, well, obviously, I'm a woman myself. So um, I have found a real interest in involving women in strength sports. I think women were left out of strength sports for far too long. And now it's kind of a time that we're really seeing a lot of women getting involved. And it's a very exciting time uh, to be taking charge in fitness and seeing more women in the gym. Uh, it's, it's really great and really empowering for women, I think. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I was just joking with someone the other day, actually, we were talking about how it seems like some of the girls that we know that go to the gym are lifting more than some of the guys we know that go to the gym, um, especially mm-hmm. with squat and deadlift. And we just kind of laughed at how it seems like, you know, guys are, we, we always, you know, joke around about guys skipping leg day, but it just seems kind of funny <laughs> now that guys are skipping leg day and girls are crushing leg day two to three times a week, at least in our case. Yeah. So They're, girls are girls are crushing leg day and I have been seeing even more women. It, it makes my heart so happy when I see ladies benching in the gym and I'm seeing that more and more too. So it's, we're coming for your upper body gains too, guys. You, you're not safe. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you uh, beat my pull-up record, I will, I, I'll, I'll just hand the podcast over to you. I'll just give it up and quit and that'll be that. Um, I'll be happy to take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about the powerlifting though. I'm kind of interested. How'd you get started with that or what motivated you or inspired you to get into powerlifting? I actually 
probably about a year and a half ago, I had started lifting. I was getting more involved in it. Uh, and of course, through socials, I watched a YouTube video. I think it was uh, Brute Strength. Is that what it's called? And it had some women on it. it had Maddie Rogers, who's an Olympic weightlifter, Maddie Forberg, who uh, she's a bodybuilder now, but she used to be a crazy good powerlifter. And I just saw these women on this YouTube series lifting crazy weights. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do that. I have to learn how to do that. Uh, and then I'm definitely a very numbers oriented person. I think that's just kind of how my brain works. So I absolutely love that in lifting, I'm always able to, you know, of course, without injury, um, I'm always able to track my numbers and see numbers grow. And it's a very measurable form of growth that I it's addicting. I absolutely love being able to see my numbers get bigger and bigger as I go. Um, so then I, you asked about powerlifting and this was just general lifting, but um, powerlifting, I kind of got away from Olympic lifting. That's where I started a little bit, but then I just kind of became obsessed with my squat bench deadlift and realized that's its own sport. And um, <laughs> I studied abroad last semester and I was able to join a a barbell club at the university that I was at and they held uh, a powerlifting competition and I was like you know what I'll try it I'll see what happens and I went and I lifted for the day in competition and it was absolutely exhilarating and I just feel like every time I lift since then uh, I'm just looking forward to the next my next chance to step on the platform and have that environment again. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. I have so many questions now. Uh, first, where, where did you study abroad? I'm curious. I studied abroad in London. It, mm. it was awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah. yeah, it was really great. I go to uh, a small liberal arts school in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> it was it was really nice to be in this amazing city. I've, I've never lived in a city before. So yeah, it for was sure. awesome. <laughs> for sure. And I'm curious, what impact did that have on your overall health and fitness? You said that was where you had your first powerlifting competition and event? In my overall, I, I had been involved in lifting for a while at this point, but this was my first time that I started working with a coach. And this really just gave me a lot more structure. And I feel like I've learned a lot more about um, programming in general, I guess. I kind of was just doing my own thing before and chasing higher numbers, but I think now I understand a lot more about how we get to those higher numbers and how we get to them more quickly and efficiently. You bring up a great point that, that when it comes to exercise and fitness, the programming piece is essential. And that's why I always recommend people reach out to a trainer or a coach. I mean, ideally it's me because I offer those services, but <laughs> if not, it's better you get help from someone than to try and walk through it blindly because there, there's a lot to learn and understand about exercise pairing, how often you should exercise and overall progressions. And if you get really good at those things, you can make great results in record time. But if you don't understand them and you're just having, you know, getting fit to have fun, which is great. I think everyone should enjoy their workouts and their fitness. But it's nice to, as you said before, have that progression, have that level up, have that I'm getting better. I'm, I see myself getting stronger. I'm moving bigger weights. It's nice to have that kind of visual and mental feedback of I'm doing more than I was before. Yeah, I definitely think that one of the 
things that deters people from really committing to their fitness goals is that that piece of feeling like you don't know what you're doing. And um, I've, I've started kind of a, a workout program within my sorority. And the biggest thing that these girls are saying is their problem getting into the gym is that they just feel like one, they feel like everyone's watching them and they don't know what they're doing. And the second being that they, well, they don't know what they're doing. And I think that going, a planning your night before and thinking, okay, what am I going to do at the gym tomorrow? Like I'm going to have a leg day session. So I'm going to start with a good compound lift and then I'm going to do some more like isolation exercises or something. And I think that really what gives people a lot of confidence going into the gym is just having a plan ahead of time. And, you know, you can search form videos before you go. You can see what your favorite um, people are doing in their workouts that you can kind of copy. So it's having this, being educated on what you want to do in the gym is going to make a world of difference uh, in your confidence levels going into the gym. For sure. And you're not reinventing the wheel every time, right? Like if if your leg day entails squats, RDLs, lunges, leg curl, leg extension, and maybe like a calf raise, like do that every week for four or six weeks, like be consistent about it. You don't have to come up with something brand new every single time, or you could make Mm -hmm. small tweaks and small modifications to the same movements, right? You could, you know, instead of back squatting, you could front squat. And that could be your little change up for the day. The other piece I find too, is people will go to the gym and it starts to get really hard, really quick. You know, life throws mm-hmm. curveballs, motivation level drops, you get sore and achy and tired and all these other things start kind of chipping away at you and playing into the overall picture. And in, in reality, I'd like to remind people that you know, you can't rebuild or remake any part of yourself without a little bit of pain. There's, you know, you're both the marble and the sculptor at the same time here. And that goes for mentally and physically. If you want bigger muscles, you have to literally damage them so they can rebuild stronger. If you want to change your mindset and kind of level up mentally, you might have to cut out people from your life. And that process might suck for a little while. But even though you have that short-term pain, the long-term gain that you get from it is like nothing else. And that's what's truly special to me about lifting is it's one of the few things that's still a delayed gratification activity, right? You don't just walk in and get good at it in a couple of days. It takes countless hours, days, weeks, months, years sometimes to get where you want to be and to be satisfied with where you are. Yeah, I, I know one time I heard someone say that, um, one of the only things that you're going to carry with you throughout your whole life is the body that you're in and you don't get an upgrade at any point. So I, whenever I feel kind of like giving up or like I'm not seeing my goals, I think back to that and think, okay, well, I've got this body for hopefully the next 80 years. Um, So I want to do what I can while I'm young and take care of my body to set me up well for the next however long I'm going to be alive. Um, And then you brought up also that so much of fitness is just a mental game. And I think that that's uh, also something that I really enjoy with lifting is knowing um, that it's a commitment I've made to myself. And it's something, you know, I, if I made a promise to someone else and I promised them, okay, I'm going to do this for you. I'm not going to go back on that promise. I made a promise to someone. And when I started getting involved in lifting, I made a promise to myself that I was going to commit to this and do it for me because it makes me happy. 
And I think that people will break promises they make to themselves, but they won't break promises to other people. And you have to like give yourself the same respect that you would give someone else and keep those promises that you make to yourself, uh, be it in fitness or whatever you do. Uh, but I like to apply that to my fitness mindset. Yeah, for sure. And just overall get accountable about your goals, right? You could work out with someone or mm -hmm. um, you could even hold yourself accountable by writing down your goals, formulating actionable steps to uh, reach those goals. And even if you just write those goals and send them to a friend, like that, that's better than nothing. Uh, you know, your friend doesn't have to work out with you. It'd be great if they did, but just having some kind of accountability system, because there's going to be days and weeks where, you know, life gets hard, like I talked about before, and you're going to feel like not going to the gym, like not showing up, like not checking the box that day. And that's mm -hmm. every reason to go and to check the box, because that's going to mentally fire you up like nothing else you've ever had, right? I know we're not all David Goggins or Jacko Willink, but if you go and show up and do something, you're going to feel so much better than if you just, you know, skip it, blow it off entirely and don't do anything. And, you know, that doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that you go to the gym and set a PR with every single lift that day. Sometimes you just show up and do something, move your body uh, and the endorphins and the other natural chemicals your body releases will boost your mood, boost you mentally. And just physically, I always feel better personally when I do something. I never like, you know, those days where we just sit around on the couch all day long. That's never been something that appeals to me personally. So I'll be honest, uh, I do enjoy those days where I sit on the couch <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> um, I usually try to have a rest day on Saturdays because I know uh, that's the one day I can get away with staying in bed until 3 p.m. Uh, and I probably shouldn't admit that on a health and wellness podcast, but I think it's important when you're stressed out to give yourself a day that you can, you can rest. Um, but I know on the days where I just don't want to go to the gym, uh, I like to push myself to go and, you know, say, okay, I'm going to reevaluate in 20 minutes after I've been here for 20 minutes. And if I still feel like leaving and I just feel like, absolute crap, then I'll, I'll go if it's 20 minutes and I genuinely can't give what I need to give on my workout today. But um, I think the majority of the time, if you show up and you get to the place and you get in the environment, you know, you have your music going, you have your cute gym outfit on, then you can't help but have a good workout. Um, so I think if we go and we push ourselves even for 20 minutes, then we're more likely to see that we can do it. Yeah, I um, I always make sure I have my cute gym outfit on when I go and work. Oh, you! I know guys put in a cute outfit. I know you guys do that. I have seen way too many good outfits on guys at the gyms. Don't even try to pretend. You clearly <laughs> have not seen me work out then because I, um, I have a tendency of destroying things. So I think mm. half of the shirts that I wear, tank tops that I wear, cutoffs, whatever they're called, um, a lot of them have holes in them. Um, I don't know how I've put in holes in these things, but um, they're, they're wholly in spots. Um, and I, I'm not always known for like thinking about the like color coordination of what I put together. So <laughs> there, there's been a lot of grout fits. Uh, I'll happily admit that. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's all about what you do when you're in the gym. Um, and if that, you know, appearance 
helps boost your confidence and boosts you mentally and, you know, helps you look good and feel good, then, hey, go for it. Um, to, to me, I've just always gravitated towards the gray sweatpants for some reason. Mm. But No, yeah. I'm, a, I'm definitely a, a cute outfits gym girl. I love to look good in the gym. <laughs> well, if you have any advice, I guess you might be able to send it my way. Um, because I don't even know where to begin here. Like, I don't know what colors to coordinate. Like someone told me one time you don't wear gray and black or gray and navy together. Like I, I can't really figure it all out. What I think uh, you, you definitely can't go wrong with black. Okay. If you've got black, uh, I would say black leggings, but I don't know if you're the leggings type of person. Heck no. Um, <laughs> I do have to say I have a lot of respect for guys who pull off leggings in the gym I really respect it I've seen a few a few and if you can pull it off go for it <laughs> I, I'm not one of them I, I'm right. not even gonna well, try <laughs> <laughs> I think uh if you've got a few staple pieces that are black neutral colors then you can work with different pops of color or other neutrals um but you know if, if you're going to the gym and you're just there to grind and you don't care what your grout fit looks like, go for it. So if someone dresses nicer to the, at the gym, what is that? Is that like a signal of something? Like if I dressed really nice at the gym and there was like someone I might be interested in at the gym, is that like more of like a signal or a good vibe thing or? I don't, I don't know. I feel like, are you talking about like gym bay situations? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if you know your gym bay is going to be there, I would recommend wearing a, a nicer outfit. Um, just, just you know, a little something put together. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have a gym bay, um, so I guess I don't really have to worry <laughs> about that. I guess I should clarify, I don't have a gym bay at the time that we're recording this. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> who, who knows? Maybe it'll change in the next few weeks. But um, oh, I'm, I'm sure. I just. I go through cycles of gym bays, you know, once I, <laughs> I have a, a few different gyms. I have like one at home and one while I'm at school. And then I had one while I was abroad and I'm like, all right, I have my morning gym bay. I have my afternoon gym bay. I think also having a, having a gym bay is a, a great motivator to go to the gym. Also, if you know, gym bay will be there. So are all your gym bays just people you see at the gym or are they also people that you found on like social media through your Instagram and TikTok and that sort of thing? Nope, they're just they're just people. I think uh, there's also something kind of magical about a gym bay. It's like a, a straight, <laughs> <laughs> I know that that sounded so weird when I said it, but um, you know, just like a stranger who's in the same space as you and you're there frequently and it's like, it's I don't know it's like a a thing but then it's I don't know do you even want to talk to them because if you talk to them it'll like ruin the whole gym bay magic uh but there is some sort of magic in having like coexisting with similar strangers so you haven't ever talked to any of the gym bays that you've had or oh no I I have <laughs> and has that gone well or not good like would you recommend people talk to their gym bay or I I would, I feel like I would recommend if, if you are in the same space with similar people, like it's definitely okay to talk to them. Um, I think it's kind of a interesting dynamic when it comes to gender, just because I think that there are some 
and it, that's a whole interesting conversation on gym bays and uh, who can approach who in the gym. Um, but I would say you're generally good to like talk to somebody, ask them a question, uh, ask them about their workout or give them a compliment on their gym fit, like whatever it is, it's okay to talk to people at the gym. I think too often um, we think that it has to be a completely independent space, but I know that some of the best gym spaces I've been in have been ones where people talk a lot and feel like that community at the gym. Um, so would recommend talking to people, but of course, be aware of their social cues. If they say a one word answer and put their headphones back in, they probably don't want to be bothered during their workout. So you really? know, you, use your social cues, uh, proceed with caution. <laughs> Jeez, well, um, that's news to me. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, there's um, that and don't uh, approach people mid set. Like that's the oh, one that oh really irritates gosh. me when I'm yes. doing something and someone comes up while I'm doing it. Like I don't want to like pause my set of squats or bench or whatever to talk mm -hmm. to someone like come up after or before, like mm -hmm. ideally. Yes. I, I have had people come up to me mid set and I will be ignoring you. Like I know you're there. I see you in my eyes, but if I'm in the middle of something, you know, I, I remember one time I, so we have gym bays. I also have gym nemesis. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. This is the, I know. The, Hold the on. Gym Let nemesis. me put my boots on. <laughs> All right. We're good now. Let's go. Okay. Oh, the cowboy boots. Interesting. <laughs> um, I know this was honestly probably a year and a half, two years ago, but I was at my school gym and uh, this was when I was kind of into Olympic lifting. So I was, I was doing a clean and then I had the barbell like racked on my shoulders here and I was ready to go for my jerk. And it was about to be a PR jerk. I was like, this is, I've got this, this is amazing. And this person came up to me and he was like asking if he could take one of the weights by my thing as I'm like literally racked and about to do a jerk. And ever since then I see that man and I'm like gym nemesis that, oh. <laughs> I see him in my blood boils just because of one interaction two years ago. And he still goes to that gym, doesn't he? Yes, and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, well, he probably doesn't know who he is. But <laughs> if he does, game on, right? Yeah, it's on. You're my gym nemesis. You didn't know it, but you know it now. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, uh, it's funny, too. I was just in um, Maryland for an eight-week clinical a uh, couple weeks before we were we're uh, recording this and I had kind of similar things there right there was uh, one of the gyms I went to there was um, a guy who was benching and squatting every day and I was benching and squatting more than him and like there there was never really any like conversation between me and anyone at that gym I just kind of hood up headphones on early in the morning get in get out but it was just kind of a interesting dynamic when you know you've got people watching and you know you're doing the same thing but like they 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 all knew each other because it was like a local gym but here i roll in you know with the out-of-state license plate and everyone's just like who the heck is this guy um and i had the same thing at the other gym i went to down there like i rolled in and i was again you know out of state no one knew who i was but they all knew each other they were all talking and having great conversations and all that sort of thing and it's just kind of an interesting dynamic when you roll into a place you've never been and, you know, 
do amazing things and then you just up and leave one day it's um mm -hmm. it's very unique i'll say yeah i definitely had that experience uh i was when i was abroad i was working out of this commercial gym that was close to my flat and um i had started like talking to a few people but i never really mentioned that i was from the us and that i would be coming back here before christmas and sometimes I think about that, that uh, I was talking to these people and I kind of knew them, but not super well. And then suddenly I was just gone, never to be seen again. Um, <laughs> the mysterious stranger. <laughs> Have you been able to keep up with any of those people on Instagram, TikTok, social media? Yeah, I, I have a few people that I keep in contact with on Instagram. Uh, I have mentioned that I was part of a barbell club. Um, so I still have contact with some of the people from that competition that I did. Uh, and the other club meetings that I got to go to. So um, I have a, a few contacts in the London powerlifting scene, but unfortunately no, no US friends in the powerlifting scene. <laughs> gotcha. I was gonna see if you had any, um, I'll say gym, gym nemesis, as we were talking about there, any online gym nemesis, nemesis, I don't know what the plural of nemesis is, um, that you run into online or has there been any challenges that you faced online in the health and fitness space? Definitely. <laughs> I, I uh, think for my own mental well-being, I wouldn't give them the title of gym nemesis because that uh, insinuates that they have some power over me. Uh, but I would say gym TikTok is a, a little bit toxic sometimes. Uh, I was not expecting gym TikTok to be so toxic, but I think people are, people are wild on TikTok. They just say whatever they want to say in the comments. Um, and it's definitely a little disheartening when you read bad comments, um, especially, but I mean, my video that went viral that kind of started my whole TikTok thing was me responding to somebody who had commented saying mean things. He was said, uh, you aren't a power lifter, drop the arch and the ego. And I was like, no, I am a power lifter. But I think at the same time, you just kind of have to remind yourself that you're doing your thing and doing the best you can. And people in the comments, you don't know if they have any like education on the thing you're talking about. I mean, for all I know, that guy had never touched a barbell in his life. Uh, and I just keep reminding myself of that. When I see negative comments, a lot of times it comes from people who to be honest, don't know what they're talking about. Right. And there's all these people who try and be like, I call them like form Nazis for lack of a better way to put it, who like, you know, your squat is this or that. Hey, your deadlift is this or that. Um, and oddly enough, um, those people more often than not forget that every like human body is built differently, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone has different anatomy, um, like, hip alignment and hip structure like you know someone might have impingement on one of their hips and not on the other and that doesn't mean that they should never exercise because they move differently right it's just they're going to do things a little bit differently because of the anatomical abnormality that's underlying their body um so it's one of those gray areas where like you know if someone's like completely rounded back deadlifting yeah maybe maybe politely say something but like i'm not gonna 
lose sleep over different things with like bench or squat or that sort of thing as long as they're minor right like Mm -hmm. the human body is kind of meant to be asymmetrical if you look at a baseball player for example like a high level uh pitcher or something of that sort like their throwing arm is going to look and feel and function very different than their non-throwing arm does that mean that you know they're completely wrong in what they're doing and they should give it all up because they're not perfectly even and symmetrical I don't think so because then we wouldn't have anyone playing baseball. So just Mm -hmm. kind of recognizing that each individual is slightly different in how they do things. And because of that, there's not one correct, right or wrong way to do things, right? Of course, that's definitely very important. Um, And I know in uh, powerlifting, there's a lot of tension, like Uh, so many people saying sumo doesn't count sumo doesn't count because of xyz reasons and so and so said it doesn't count but then they just like kind of fail to see that um differences in people's anatomy might mean they prefer sumo deadlift over a conventional deadlift i mean i know a big thing is like the length of your femurs can determine which lift you would do better on and um I think by just making a blanket statement that a a sumo deadlift doesn't count is kind of a, I just, that's just a wild statement to me. Um, But lots of people stand by that and will comment that on your sumo deadlift videos. (laughs) So I take it you're speaking from personal experience because you sumo deadlift. Oh yes. I, I made a video, I made a video saying, here's reasons people think sumo doesn't count. And someone commented, oh, you sound like a sumo lifter. And I'm like, well, yeah, probably because I am a sumo deadlifter. <laughs> um, but I mean, people will say what they want to say. For sure. So what's been your favorite exercise that you've been doing? I know you said you're focusing mostly on the big three, but is there any, anything else that you really enjoy doing? Or uh, Well, my top three lifts are definitely squat bench deadlift. However, in uh, my programming recently, I started doing... Uh, it it has the longest name ever. So I feel like people won't even believe that it's an actual thing, Uh, but it's a front foot elevated split stance zercher squat. I know what Um, you're talking about. (laughs) It's it's very complicated uh, for any listener who doesn't know. It's kind of like, well, just like a split squat, except your front foot is, I usually put it on two plates. So my foot is like three or four inches higher than my back foot and you're holding the barbell in a zercher position. So like in your elbows in front of your body. Um, And I honestly, I think that that is one of the hardest exercises I have ever had to do. It's it's very um, also kind of a technical thing, like making sure that your hips are aligned properly and your legs are like pointed at the right angles. Um, But once you get it down and you actually feel the movement, it's crazy. The front leg, like my quads on fire, butt feels huge. Hamstrings. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's an awesome lift. And um, there's, a, there's a really good YouTube video instructional on how to properly do the form for this lift. I think it's by Pat Davidson. And uh, I would recommend giving that a watch and then trying the exercise if you're looking for a new way to absolutely nuke your legs. That sounds very good. I um, I always love leg day. That's kind of like my personal favorite day, um, which is, I feel like that's a weird thing for guys, but I hit no, legs own three it. times a own week. No, own it, own yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
So I'll have to throw that in because I've done Zercher squats before. Um, kind of similar to you with the unique side of things. I like to do what we call heel float. So while you're doing an exercise, say like a single leg RDL, keep your heel off the ground. So it's a constant isometric uh, calf raise, basically. So it's kind of a way to sneak calf training into your workout without having to do like a ton of calf exercises, so to speak. That is, that's pretty interesting. I've never heard that before, but um, definitely some spicy content for the, the people with the bad calf genes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them going around, isn't there? Yeah, it's honestly, it's rough. And I, I feel like a lot of them, like I, I can throw myself into this boat because I wouldn't say I have huge calves, but I think a big problem is underloading, right? Like we, we do an exercise, but we never progress it. We never make it mm -hmm. harder. Or like, you know, we do 12 to 15 reps and it's easy. It's like, that's not going to like give you enough to like cause change. I'll say you need more weight. And I know that kind of sounds cliche, right? Like just more weight, more weight, but Sometimes it's true. Like you really have to push the envelope in order to get the results that you want. Yeah, I know. Um, I since I started working with the coach that I'm now working with, uh, I've started to uh, learn like measuring my workouts in RPE, so my like rate of perceived exertion. And I think once I finally understood RPE, and I. I'll be honest, I don't know if I still finally understand it. It's still a, a work in progress and, you know, changes on the day. But once I started to understand RPE, I definitely realized that prior to this programming, I was not pushing myself hard enough. And I think that that's something a lot of people do. Like, it, you know, once things start to not feel great and your muscle starts to hurt, you're like, okay, it's time to finish. But it's really during those like last couple reps of really cranking it out that you're going to get the most bang for your buck out of your workout. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you'll get more results from that overload. Um, so a lot of the female clients that I've worked with usually come to me with something about building their butt or something about the hips. And a lot of them have been mm -hmm. doing like mini band exercises and mini band routines, and they weren't happy with the results that they were getting, even though they were feeling a burn, right? And it's because mm -hmm. you're missing those heavy compound overloads. And again, that's just a stereotype from my experience. But when you add in those heavy compound overloads, like you mentioned before, the squat, the deadlift, different lunge variations, step-up variations, you start to see amazing results really quick because you're giving your body the stimulus it needs in order to grow. Yeah, and I, uh, that's one of the things I love about weight training is really there is no limit to how much like you can grow with that. I mean, you can only go, I think you can, there's a little bit more limitation in bands and how effective they can be. But with weight, I mean, once you get used to lifting a certain weight, you can just throw more weight on. And then once you get used to that, more weight, more weight. It's like, you can always keep going and keep growing and you can see that as you go. Uh, and yeah. And change the tempo because a lot mm -hmm. of people will kind of rush through things and, you know, you make them slow it down or, you know, add in partial reps. So each rep is like one and a half or something along those lines. It can really change the dynamic of your exercise. Yeah, I know I've started um, having a lot of tempo work. Uh, some of my, I, I have a lot of pause reps in my program, but um, when I'm 
about to do a set of just like a, a competition squat or a comp bench or something, I will usually have a rep or two before that at slightly below my working weight, but at a tempo. So maybe like a, a four second descent on my squat and then a two second pause at the bottom. And I think that those types of reps are really, really great for building that like muscle memory and that control as you're doing a rep, but also just getting that extra time under tension. Uh, and it feels crazy, but it, it, I think it really has helped me grow a lot as a lifter, just changing the tempo and adding pauses. And also, I, it, I think it also kind of feels a little bit more like a brain exercise too, because I'm counting my reps and counting how long I'm doing each rep. And um, it, it adds a little bit of spice to the workout. <laughs> so you like a good spicy workout then, huh? I do. I do. <laughs> so what makes a workout spicy? Just the overall burn and the tempo like you were just talking about? Or are there other factors that go into a spicy workout? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would honestly measure spiciness in the vibes. Um, that okay. is probably the least professional thing I have ever <laughs> said in my entire life. Um, but I mean, I I think one of the things that makes a workout feel extra spicy for me is on a lower body day when I'm like, I, I'll finish up my compounds lifts with, uh, and I'll have my gym bag and then I'll go to put it away. And as I'm walking over to the locker room, I can, um, you know, when, when you feel the pump and you just feel yourself taking up more space and I feel, this is the TMI part. I feel my butt jiggle a little more when I walk than normally. And I'm like, that is, that was a spicy session. I feel great right now. It's all about the pump then, and um, fingers <laughs> I crossed. I would say it's Jim all about the pump, but I do love a good pump. <laughs> and fingers crossed, Jim Bay is there too. Oh yeah, and if Jim Bay is not there, everyone else will get to witness it. And if everyone else doesn't pay enough attention, then well, we have TikTok and Instagram, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> So we've talked a lot about kind of where you're at right now, but I'm curious, what does the future hold for you, Riley? You mentioned before that you're kind of in the preliminary stages of starting a women's fitness apparel company. Yeah, um, I can talk a little bit about that. Uh, I am very, very fortunate that the university that I go to has a really great entrepreneurship program. Um, so I'm in the the stages of applying for grant funding for that. Uh, and I'll like be assigned a mentor for someone who has experience um, in the apparel startup industry. Um, I think my dream is to really just have more functional women's apparel for specifically geared towards people like me who wanna lift heavy and wanna lift heavy often and have their apparel support their movements. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much I should reveal about it since I don't have. Well, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. Is is that an issue right now that you see or other people have told you about? Because I don't believe it or not. I don't know anything about the women's uh, fitness apparel like life. <laughs> like I, I, I know Gymshark, Alpha Elite, that sort of thing. But like. Um, does it not support where you need support or does it not allow you to move the way you need to move? Like, these are things that I don't know. Um, so mm -hmm. you're the expert here. I think, uh, one of the biggest things for me specifically has been, um, you know, when you do a heavy deadlift, you're basically dragging the barbell right along your leg. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be honest, my shins are pretty ugly. Uh, they're constantly covered in bruises and just a standard legging is not giving me that protection on my shins that I would really like to have. Um, and I think that that's kind of, uh, I, I've definitely tried a lot of leggings and nothing is really giving me that coverage there. So I would like a legging with a little extra coverage there. Um, and then I have a friend, actually future business partner, we're going into this together, um, <laughs> who is a division one tennis player. And she, she's definitely specialized in that kind of, that, that avenue of our venture. Um, but she has some changes she'd like to see to make apparel a little bit more fitted for tennis also. So I think our, our kind of thing is going with like really specific sports and how we can make apparel like functional specifically for that sport. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then I know just in general, a lot of women have a lot of different body shapes and oftentimes it is very hard to find stuff that uh, for a lot of women who might have like larger quads, but they still have a pretty lean waist. It's hard to find something that's fitted in the leg, but not crazy loose in the waist. And I know even on my Gymshark leggings, I have to roll down the waist because it's like uh, kind of goes outwards at the waist. Just it's like, even in these high performance apparel brands, it's like still sometimes really wishy-washy. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's all about the protection, protection mm-hmm. for the shins, sport specificity, and then allowing you to move the way you were meant to move while keeping everything covered that needs to be covered. And of course, why shouldn't it be cute too? <laughs> of course, um, <laughs> cute, fit, cute outfit. Of course, we shouldn't have to choose. <laughs> so it's the kind of thing that you can show up to a date with and then go to the gym uh, or, or vice versa, vice versa, nah. gym first, then Chipotle after. Maybe that, uh, but I, I did say I am a bit of a, a gym fit lover. Um, so no reason we can't be looking cute and cute prints at the gym too. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So Riley, earlier you were mentioning uh, that you were working with your sorority and kind of bringing fitness and workouts and exercise into the scene of your sorority a little bit. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? I'm curious to hear how that kind of plays into your own health and fitness and what you're planning to do in the future. Yeah, thank you for asking. I actually have, I'm super excited. I've just been appointed my sorority's wellness chair. So uh, I'm really, really excited to share something that I'm so passionate with uh, about with people that I care about. I care a lot about my sisters and want them to experience the same benefits of health and well-being that I've experienced, especially over the last few years. Uh, One thing that I've started with my sorority is gym dates. So I think a lot of people get intimidated about going to the gym by themselves, especially my school gym kind of has a funky setup where the upstairs portion is all the cardio machines and the downstairs portion is the weight section. And uh, I think when you just walk into the gym, you see women upstairs, guys downstairs, and that's just kind of the way the gym has always been. Um, So I know it's especially intimidating for the women in my sorority to go into that weight section. So 
our gym dates, we've been doing Saturday mornings where I'm like, I'm going to be there at 1030, come by, we can lift together. And surprisingly, quite a few people have showed up who um, said that normally they wouldn't feel comfortable going into the weight section by themselves. So I think that that's a, a great change that we're seeing. Um, another project that I'm working on as wellness chair is starting a running club in my sorority. Uh, I think it's really important to include different types of wellness and fitness uh, in the routine, just because, you know, maybe someone isn't interested in lifting weights, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have access to something that gets their endorphins going. So I have been working on the running club with my friend and my sorority sister, Mari. She will be hopefully leading that and we'll be taking off as the weather warms up with some outdoor running. Um, and then I think also we've just been trying to implement more general wellness, you know, wellness has to do with a lot more than just your, your physical movement. Um, so we've been trying to work in on like a meditations Monday. Mondays can be kind of scary starting the new week. Uh, so just taking some time to recenter ourselves and appreciate ourselves, our minds and our bodies uh, at the start of a scary week. And then also going off of the scaries, Sunday scaries is something I'm trying to combat this semester by having uh, some yoga sessions in our house, even if it's just 20, 30 minutes of girls just doing whatever yoga we wanna do on the floor of our dining room, um, just having a moment to be present and recenter ourselves as the week takes off. Um, and then I think my, my college campus has a lot of different fitness and uh, physical activity resources available that maybe not everyone on campus knows about. Um, I recently discovered that we have a climbing wall. I did not know we had a climbing wall. So I am definitely pushing to have a, a Delta date at the climbing wall to get people, you know, going up uh, the climbing wall, which is also something I've gotten into lately that I really like to do. Is there anything that you don't do? I probably should have just asked that. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I do not run. I do not like running. I have never liked running. Um, not my not my pick for cardio. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. And it sounds like you're already using that psychology degree to a certain extent. I Yeah, I think I really love the ways that we can kind of mediate our mental health through our physical health and I think that it's it's something that is within most people's control and something that we can learn uh to really enhance our mental health as well for sure and as we've talked about earlier the physical and mental health have a very big overlap with one another so as one improves the other tends to improve as well which is exciting yeah and I I think a lot of that um, especially in young people, I think so many people have a lot of issues with body image. And I think that something that I've noticed in lifting is I have become so much more appreciative of the things that my body does for me. I know uh, some days I wake up and I'm like, wow, I'm so blessed that I am just able to walk around in a typical body or not have these physical limitations. And then on top of that, my body can go to the gym and help me lift these heavy weights. And it's like, 
I just have a new appreciation for what my body can do for me and all the amazing things that I'm doing with it. Um, and I think that definitely can help improve people's body image when they can appreciate their body more and feel more connected to their thing that they're living in. <laughs> for sure. It's not like the body comes with a donor's manual, right? Nope, it does not. We have to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> for sure. That's a great point to uh, kind of start to close out on. Do you have any closing thoughts or closing remarks that you want people to take away today, Riley? Want, my biggest mission with my socials and coming on this podcast is I just want people to find ways that they can take care of their physical body and get moving and get active because it will, uh, you know, it, it is correlated with improved mental health and body image and just, I just want people to find things that they care about and fun ways to move their body that doesn't feel like work all the time. Uh, and I think everyone is capable of finding that with enough commitment and exploration. Uh, so everyone listening, I urge you to try the thing you've wanted to try that you haven't tried yet. Try it, see if you like it. And if you like it, stick with it. And while you're at it, follow record.fit on TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, make sure you uh, follow Riley on Instagram and TikTok and you have Twitter, I think, too, correct? I uh, uh, wouldn't recommend my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that That's uh, very similar to mine by the sounds. Um, I've used it like five times, I think. Um, so yeah, yep. Instagram and TikTok it is. Make sure you check out Riley's info. If you didn't quite catch it, we can link to it below. Riley, thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing episode. Thanks so much, Dan. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy hearing it. Additionally, if you want to help support this podcast and keep future episodes going, please check out our links below where you can support us directly or through engaging in any of our affiliate marketing links. Last, please make sure you check us out on social media at Braun Body and leave a five-star review, especially if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify.